Welcome to the Ocean Cruises podcast hosted by Andy H. This week we are speaking with Bo and Brandy from the YouTube channel Sailing Sertia. Bo and Brandy decided to sell everything they own in 2016, quit their jobs and move to Florida in pursuit of a new life. They chose a 1971 Pearson 35 as their new home. Their new home needed a complete refit, so they spent two and a half years getting the boat ready, installing an electric motor for propulsion, fiberglass work, cabinetry, electrical, and a new solar power system. In 2018, they set off from Florida and have been slowly making their way south, enjoying the beauty of the Caribbean, completing a lot of boat work along the way, and saving a lot of animals in their spare time. You can learn more about Bo and Brandy on their YouTube channel, Sailing Sertia. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can watch the interviews on YouTube and download the audio on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah. 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 I mean, after we got out of that current in the or the counter current and all of that, it was great. I mean, yeah. we flew up here. So we're like, well, I guess we don't need a center board. Well, yeah. I, I'd still like to have it. <laughs> Go but, we know. were healed over pretty much. Yeah. yeah. We were healed over. Pretty, yeah, pretty much the whole way here. in some upcoming episodes, we even discuss on like just completely glassing over the, the center board. And... There's a lot of foreshadowing in these mm. videos coming up of things that are happening that we did obviously didn't know about, right. which is funny because I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's like you know what to do in hindsight. Like, yeah, yeah, now I'm like, man, I wish <laughs> you know, we should have just glassed it in. Yeah, yep. what we should have done. Yeah. So it, it's is it insaleable without using it? Or are you thinking that you can actually go without it? Oh, yeah, we could totally go without it. Yeah, before um, right. we had, so in upcoming episodes, we find that we have water in our keel when we get hauled out. So yeah. that's why we pull the center board and do all that. And um, the whole time we were researching, like, do we even need the center board? Because it was the pins that were leaking and making water come into the keel. So, oh, okay. yeah, so we were like, maybe we could just glass it up. And there are people who I found in research that have traveled the world in this same exact boat, the last over centerboard. But mm. we're like, man, we do a lot of pointing and it does do- It does help. She does do much yeah, better. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. Especially it if you go cause... in the wind, like to reduce the heel. Yeah, yep. yeah, so. It does cause more drag. So, you know, it's like, there's a trade off there. Yeah. And mm. I, I feel as though we, we might do pretty well to close up that trunk area because it's got to be causing some eddies, you know, some yeah. drag as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's. I, yeah. I told Bo, I was like, I mean, we don't necessarily need it because we're not going to go upwind ever again. <laughs> ever again. <laughs> ever again. Yeah. If it's not yeah. west and downwind or broad or even maybe beam, I, I don't, I'm, I'm good for now. <laughs> I've, I've got friends i know people they will literally just not sail at wind they will not do yeah. it because yeah. it's just i mean it depends on like the sea state and it depends on where you go in if you're anchorage hopping it's fine but like for yeah. the passage making there's no way i do that yeah yeah i like the idea of trade winds yeah, we've, yeah. Mm. we've literally that's our whole year of our journey was well, beating into it just completely pointing from florida to the bahamas from the bahamas through haiti and cuba we pointed all the way underneath dominican republic to puerto rico all the way down to mm. grenada like it you know yeah. it was just your thing now and i'm yeah, good right. <laughs> I, I think we've got enough miles of 
you know, pointing that I can maybe just go west from now on out. It wasn't so bad, but yeah. It, we don't it, have a Dodger. It's bad. Yeah, it can it can get <laughs> wet and cold and yeah. miserable. So yeah, we we did like a. a five-day trip a couple of months ago and uh, yeah one of the boats that was in there didn't have a dodger and yeah, yeah at one point we were we were beating into it i think it was like two meters and about 30 knots and there was rain and he had no You're dodger like, <laughs> yeah so on my boat we were fine we were just like sat here just like looking at the rain be like oh isn't it pretty and then those guys were just freezing and soaking oh, wet yeah. <laughs> like no. you need one of those yeah, yeah yeah especially in that climate i mean here in the yeah it's just you're just salty the whole way yeah. i mean you just get to a point yeah. where you're like encrusted in salt and you're not mm. going to change because your clothes aren't drying anyways yeah. and yeah yeah pretty <laughs> I don't know, part of part of sailing right yeah. just, just just on on that topic so like with with your boat there's a few things on there that i would have thought you would have done by now <laughs> like, like that being one of the Another one was a furling head sail. Is there any outlook for that to happen in the future? What are you thinking? I don't know. You know, it's like, this is all we know. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like it because we have the option. Like we did four or five sail change, uh, head sail changes on the way back up here because the wind it dies or picks up. So it gives us that flexibility. And unless we have the big head sail out there and we get a squall or something, it's really not that bad to go up and change it. It just takes a little mm. bit of time. Um, I know there's other, there's better ways you could put like two furlers up there, um, just spaced apart, maybe a foot or so, yeah, some or whatever, right? Yeah. And have those options, but cost wise you know it's yeah. it's been great and i mean somebody oh, yeah. somebody reached out to us and they went to roller furler had the same exact boat as we did and she gave us three practically brewing new sales yeah so, and they're all oh yeah on. i remember that yeah. 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 yeah yeah with the hank on a lot of people don't have hank on so there's there's sales out there that you can get fairly reasonable you know so yeah. we can all our stuff's like secondhand yeah. so you know we we like we like using things till it's like dead. <laughs> yeah, it's just, we, with, with the cars that we've got, like my wife's always asking, like, oh, would we ever upgrade? I'm like, no, we're driving this till it blows up or it just stops moving <laughs> yeah. completely. Right. Just, that's the way right. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I was having a look on like a sale website because I I need a new main sale, but I don't want to spend like $2,000 on one because I don't think we'll keep the boat for that much longer. Okay. And it's like, with the, I was just like having a look at head sales as well. And uh, yeah, the Hancock, you can get like really almost new Hancock head sails for like three or $400 used. Yeah. And then like the furling ones are well over a thousand and yeah. not in great yeah. shape. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it would be nice, but yeah, it's if a we tear a sail, then we can just put another sail up. You know, right. that's, I mm. unless we had maybe a staysail, that could be a backup yeah. just in case sort of thing which we used to have one, right? And then we ripped it out. Yeah. The, the this, boat because we didn't know what it the was. The boat was like used for racing. <laughs> yeah, we like, what's, the, what's this uh, dead eye it's for? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's this track on the mats for? I don't know what that yeah, is either. Yeah. Oh, what are these spinner capoles? Oh, just give it to that guy over here. <laughs> well, Dumpsting yeah, stick or something. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. well we, I knew what the poles were, but I was like, 
we're never gonna use them right from what Mm. i was understanding like the sailing that i thought we were gonna be doing i thought we were just gonna go to the bahamas and then come back and like just do the bahamas to really figure out what we liked but brandy is like no let's never go back ever like i don't know where he he says this all the time and i'm like no no the moment we left florida in my opinion we were never coming back (laughs) never so i don't care if i hated it we were not coming back and that's why the refit we did was kind of bare bones to a degree like i thought we were going to come back and like you know fix her up more to like what we wanted because mm. we we had no sailing experience whatsoever so Zero. you know i'm i i didn't know how to work on boats and i learned by doing this fixer upper and yeah. then i figured once we got out there we'd really figure out what we wanted like you know a dodger and all this other yeah. stuff yeah so i was planning we'd come back but and that was enough to answer your question about the flurler it's kind of like we're on that crossroad of We've been out here for three years. We, I don't know if we ever looked at Sersha as our forever boat. So we always thought, okay, we're going to get a boat that we can just do whatever we want to it and learn how to do fiberglass, how to do what we really want, what we really don't want. I mean, and then just now we're like, all right, we would like to have a, if we were to have a roller furler or a electric windlass or a wind vane or a, dodger yeah. simple thing like a dodger you know <laughs> all the things that are like um a no-goes for people other people are like eh it's it's a luxury item for us yeah. you know what i mean yeah so we're just like let's just go do this anything that we get now is way better than what we started with i mean we left with no yeah. autopilot no water maker no dodger which we still don't have clearly yeah. no nothing electric like there was no no instruments of any sort i mean we've been using this cell phone since i i can't believe it's still in commission to be honest mm-hmm. i think that's what like once it's, it's so great that you've got to the point where you've realized that okay they're nice but they're not necessary right. and i think in a way the fact that you left with like such little experience has done you a massive favor from that perspective because if yeah. you know you're not bothered about autopilots and water makers and you, you don't need them you really don't it just makes things easier sometimes but if there's two right. of you it's kind of fine yeah. so yeah it was a blessing in a way that so, so just when you started out when you i mean you had like no sailing experience and no boating experience what made you want to go for like the refit at the absolute start because that's like so, a hell of a project to start yeah, off with just to learn um just to I learn wanted, nice. yeah because I, I was honestly like when we got hooked on to sailing channels and this, this is how we even found out this lifestyle existed we had no idea like we were the the nine to fivers you know corporate life um not but seeing each other <laughs> yeah we were sick of the rat race yeah. and we started watching these sailing channels we're like hey look at all these people what they're doing you know so let's go try it um mm. but let's i build a boat and then see if we like <laughs> trying to sail. <laughs> well i had started listening to a bunch of podcasts like andy shell um uh who else oh man there's there's so many yeah. of this well it, my, my mind's uh, going a blank but yeah. a lot of people and I just started listening to other people's stories and trying to understand as much as I could mm. just and a lot of people were saying like it's like when you're out there you it's better to know how to fix things because you, you can't just call yeah, somebody sure. up 
Yeah. And and I mean, we we've had it happen to us as well. So you can't just call somebody up and and expect it to get resolved. You yeah. got to resolve it yourself. So I wanted to to have an idea of how the how the boat worked, you know. So I I wanted to start from ground up. And you really did, because like it wasn't a soft refit. It was more or less completely making a new boat <laughs> in some ways. Okay. I was just curious, what's oh, your sailing uh, sailing uh, experience, and have you been doing it a while? Yeah, um, here and there, to be honest, I've like lived all over the place for like the last fifteen years. So like, whenever we found ourselves like in a little base where the sailing have always got involved. Um, so I lived in like the Middle East for 10 years where there isn't that much sailing goes on. There's quite a lot of motorboating and like dinghy racing, um, but not places where you'd like buy like a decent cruising boat and head out for like a long weekend. Um, cause I was based in the GCC. So it's like, you know, talking like Iranian, Iraq, Saudi waters, they're, they're not, you know, <laughs> it's not like the best places. Yeah. yeah, like you don't want to be sailing around the coast of Yemen or anything like that. It's probably not the right. safest thing to do. But um, yeah, like whenever whenever we went anywhere on any holidays or vacations, we would always like to make the most of it. And then when we uh, came back to Europe like three years ago, we bought a boat pretty much straight away for just for the intention of like, I, I think similar to you guys in a way, because it's like a mid 30 footer kind of not got everything on it, but like a great place to like learn the ins and outs and um you know, like you can install some new equipment and then you've got decent knowledge of like the electronic systems and then you can make some upgrades to the sales or whatever. And then you know a bit about that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, kind kind of similar to what you guys have, have nice. done in a way. But yeah. so are you are you intending in the future to because it sounds like you're pretty um, hooked on the life now. Oh, so. yeah, we we don't want to go back for sure. We, yeah. If we do go back to the states, then we'll be on a boat. You know, we're not going to go yeah. back to land life. So it's too much of the world yeah. to explore. <laughs> what are you thinking? Are you thinking getting a bigger boat or a newer boat at some point, and then carry on or go further or what? Yeah, um, possibly. Yeah, I mean, we we had spoke about. I mean, our main goal or main destination right now would be New Zealand or Fiji and New Zealand. Um, mm. And then continue on from there. But that's kind of like when we first started, it was like, all right, Grenada. Then it's always been, it's always been the big picture is going to be New Zealand and Fiji. But uh, yeah, we've kind of gotten to a point where like maybe we should. Maybe we're not in a rush. We are so not in a rush because we know that we're going to be doing this for a while. So mm. to explore the islands and really get in and really digest and. I don't know, just to kind of meet the people and really learn the culture and, and almost feel like you're part of the island before you leave. That's mm. become something, because we were hopping for a while there and mm. it just got to a point where we're like, you we're moving too much. We were trying to get through everything so we could get across the, you know, to the Pacific. And I'm like, I just don't, I'm good. We don't need to rush. So exploring on the, the uh, East coast of Central America, I think, and really get into that but yeah i think before we do any crossing possibly find something on the other side or we had always talked about trucking searcha over instead of going through the panama canal mm. since we are all electric it'd be a little bit more difficult to go through the panama canal yeah Doable, probably. but you know something different i mean who, who's trucking their boat over instead of using the panama canal we don't 
there's no bucket list of going through the Panama Canal. And we have plenty of friends who are yeah. going through it that if we want to, we can hop on their boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like I, I really want to get to that side. I think we'd probably do a few years in the Caribbean and then just aim to get over there. But like that Panama Canal experience does not look like pretty or doesn't seem romantic <laughs> like no, and it's so expensive now yeah like it's yeah. crazy they've doubled the prices i've heard mm-hmm. yep. yeah and the fact that it's ah, it just seems kind of shady because you have to you have to go take out the three grand or whatever, or whatever it is, yeah. it is mm. cash yeah and then like you know pay people so i don't know it's just kind of weird how they go about it it is shady. I mean, like the the whole history of the thing. Like, yeah. so many people yeah. die of making that. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. like I mean, governments pawning it off. If it was up to Bo, we would go south and around. We go around the horn. We'll go around. Yeah, the horn. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. fun finding crew for that. I'm not taking myself <laughs> or Sersha around that corner. That ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> not after going through. Not after what we just went through. Just getting out of Curacao. Uh, you know, I think we can do it. No. Might be one for a big, although I, I did a podcast with um, uh, Lynn Pardy and uh, she, they, I think they had a full book or a full documentary about going around the Cape yeah. and um, they did it in like a 28 foot boat with no engine. And it sounded wow. pretty, that they built themselves from wood in a wow. shed. Maybe. Yeah, like pretty nuts. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think like any modern boat with any type of engine really could do it. Um, right. if, she, if oh, they no. could do it in that yeah <laughs> right. oh my gosh I mean yeah, that's, so. yeah yeah I think it's all about what you're comfortable with most people are like oh you can't sail that across the ocean and I'm like people have sailed bathtubs across the ocean I mean it yeah. doesn't matter if you feel comfortable in it you go yeah yeah I literally said that to somebody like probably about two or three days ago. Somebody was questioning, oh, I don't know if my boat can go across the Atlantic. I was like, you do know that people canoe across the Atlantic. Yeah. So yeah. your 30 foot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, your boat is probably going to be fine for it. Yeah. Yeah. So what jobs did you two do before you started um, started embarking on this life? We were professional wedding photographers for eight years. Oh, prior. nice. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Bo actually is an engineer by trade. Yeah, yeah, mechanical engineer. I have a degree in aero, um, but I just got into the mechanical side of things. So. I went, I have a right. degree in advertising and public relations. We ended up in New York from Florida. Um, mm. Bo was working as an engineer. I was actually district managing frozen yogurt shops. We weren't seeing each other. And that's kind of when it all started like, what are we yeah. doing? Why I was, are we here? I was doing the traditional nine to five and she was like, I was doing like the nine to whenever, like she, I never right. saw the next her. Day. Like, yeah. and I think that's how we got onto the sailing uh, channels is I think the first thing we watched was a documentary on Netflix. And it was, I think it was called hold fast. And it was about these, these kids, they were dumpster divers and okay. they somehow got a sailboat, like a derelict sailboat, and found a, a guy with a yard up against a canal that let them work on their boat on his dock. And they fixed it up that enough was. to then sail it uh, the Caribbean, I think. Yeah. The South Caribbean so, yeah. or something. Yeah. And it was just well, German. Uh, no, they were from San Francisco, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was really like it 
you know, like I said, we didn't even know this lifestyle existed. So it just opened our eyes to like what else is out there. Yeah. And then from there, we started watching like um, a little bit of Delos and then Vagabond came along. White Spot Pirates. White Spot yeah. Pirates. Uma. And then Uma. Yeah. And then we're like, you know what? Just a mix. Yeah. Let's let's give it a go. Yeah. So. Wait, it's so funny mm-hmm. because a lot of people ask like, Who's, whose idea was this? You know, they're always thinking it was Bo's. We don't, re- we don't know. We don't remember because it was just, he was watching stuff and I was watching stuff. And then I think one day we're just like, maybe we should get a boat like let's yeah. go back to florida get a boat move on it see what this is all about i don't uh, we yeah. still don't know to this day like there's no written and like oh let's get a boat mm, i guess you know it was just a mutual let's yeah. do it yeah but that's really good that it came from both of you like it's it's difficult like if, if it's more one person than the other it can be difficult sometimes you know if times get hard or you're out there and it's a bit rough you're like oh you know I hope they're not thinking this or I hope they're not thinking that when you can both equally blame it on each other. That's really useful. Yeah. <laughs> you chose this. No, you chose yeah. this. Oh, wait. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both our faults. I hope we portray it enough, but it, it is tough out here. It's not, it's not an easy lifestyle. Oh, yeah. What made you know. want to go for the electric motor to start off with? Was that a case of the diesel wasn't working or specific like sustainability or something? So specifically, we were looking for a boat that did not have an engine or a seized engine. Like I kind of just put it out there and I, we found Sersha and, um, because, and her, her engine was completely seized, but again, no experience on boats. The only boat or sailboats, the only boats I'd had experienced were diesel engine boats to where if it was a sailboat, they were they weren't raising the sails. They were just running the diesel. And I cannot, it makes me super nauseous. I can't even think about it. I'm like, it, it was like the only one thing that I'm like, we've got to do something other than diesel then, or I can't, I can't, I won't be able to do it She has in a, my head. Yeah. She gets nauseous. Yeah. Easy. Really bad. Mm. But then again, it's like, okay, now we know what we know, but having the electric, it's made us in our in our own eyes, I think it's made us way better sailors, way more prepared for stuff that we've come across mm-hmm. because we don't use the engine. And I mean, we came out here to sail. I mean, yeah, it's the romantic. It sucks to have to tack back and forth, but we're it, it is what it is at this point. We don't know any different. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of why we chose the electric. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we saw Dan and Kika do it. So yeah. we're like, we were like oh, oh, man, they can, they can do, do it. it. Yeah. We can do this. Yeah. 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 I think I mean, it does make you a better sailor. Um, yeah. We we just we were in Greece with uh, it's a channel called the Rigging Doctors. Uh, so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Maddie and yeah, we know them. Yeah, yeah. we so actually they, met them in our champ. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. We yeah. Met them in yeah. So they, I mean, they put. I think they were the first to actually do it, and um, they have said, you know, it just makes you a miles better sailor because basically your engine just gets you in and out of the marina, or in some yeah. cases, like in and out of your spot. If it's like yeah. a gray day and you have to actually sail out the marina and some, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. on a couple of occasions have had to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, and it makes you more aware of like the weather and it makes you more in tune with passage planning because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't sail there's a calm day. So let's just motor through it. Like you do have yeah. to become really good at studying the weather and sailing. So, yeah, I think it does sure. improve you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And also not yeah. having an autopilot starting out, I think definitely helped too. 
Yeah, because you'd have to actually handle the boat, which again does make you a better sailor. Because you, I mean, if you've got a problem with your sail trim or you've got a bit of weather helm, you don't know that if you're using an autopilot. It's only when you get hold of it and you're like, whoa, this is tough. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. We still have a lot to learn on sail trim. I think if we go racing, we'll learn a lot more. Um, Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I would love to like just be able to to have a better understanding of that. I haven't really mm. dove too much into it, but it's, it's... funny. I'll, I'll catch him and, you know, I'll be helming and he's just sitting there looking at the sail <laughs> and I can just see the hamsters and the wheel. Like, <laughs> why is that slapping right in that yeah, like, one little what spot? Can I do? Uh, <laughs> if you did like some regattas or stuff, you'd probably like learn a few things like real quick, but it's, um, it's often strange stuff. It's not just like sheeting in or letting, letting a bit more sail out. It's like real fine tweaking and, the bend in the sails and the what type of belly you have in a sail for a different point of sail like there's a lot to it and it does make a massive difference as well yeah yeah have you if done you want to get places racing? yeah yeah a bit here and uh, well yeah when i was younger as well but yeah a bit in spain recently on some bigger boats and um it's stressful it's not exactly yeah. my cup of tea you know <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. don't, I don't sign me up Bo can go learn trim anyway I'm <laughs> yeah. not okay I don't I'm good I don't mind getting yelled at I just don't Whatever. like the stress yeah. that's not why I'm out here I don't know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. if yeah if it was if it was gonna say one thing about it it's like stressful and it's like I think when you're in your own boat when you start healing over you're like oh okay this is enough you don't really like it when the tow rails go in but yeah when you do regattas it's just like let's see how far we can push this before yeah, we need to reef right. so yeah, it's like, in. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty different way of sailing yeah so yeah. how with, with your electric motor how far can you actually go on it or how many i suppose it depends what how, how much speed you're trying to do but how long can you get it to last for yeah actually um we did a little bit of testing here and there um if it's calm and there's no current like if we're like cruising around the bahamas on the the, the west side of the you know protection that sort of thing um we could we can in depth we can run it indefinitely if the we're going shining. yeah if we're going slow enough if we're going like one or two knots you know but um if it's full out no wind or no um current or 12 miles mm-hmm. uh, oh nice and at five yeah, yeah five and a half knots which it's all right you know that's actually really that's good not even full, full batteries right that's, that's not, no that's, that's full, full battery, battery yeah full battery yeah if we had more solar and we were able to generate more more in while we were mm. sailing i think it would it definitely yeah. stretch a little bit further which is something we would like to add to the boat yeah it's, it's definitely all about the batteries though because the motor when you're at full capacity it's it's pumping uh what 100 well i guess continuous it's at 150 amps so and we're at 40 48 volts so it's you're sucking down some power oh have you done the calculations like just so to keep it running not 24 7 because that would be really difficult but at least during daylight um have you figured if you add an extra solar panel because you've got a pretty decent battery bank on there already haven't you yeah yeah, if um, I'd like to double what we have, um, right? I haven't I haven't done the calcs with more solar. Uh, we mm. just did them with what we had. Yeah, we've done calculations because the solar panels tilt, so we kind of did a calculation of how much we're bringing in extra if they were just flat. So we know okay. possibly if those were flat, and then we brought more on, 
maybe, but I, that's a good idea is to, mm -hmm. to calculate how much it would be if we had more yeah. just flat, you know? Because the new ones, mm -hmm. they would be where the bimini are mm -hmm. and they're not gonna get tilted. Yeah. So yeah, we, we found that tilting them, depending on the time of year, if it's summertime, we'll get about, I don't know, anywhere from 20 to 30% more. more. But in oh. the winter time, it's a lot more because a lot more. yeah, yeah, because the sun never reaches its peak. Yeah. So yeah. we're able to keep that that max, you know, a good mm. portion of the day. That would really make a massive, a massive yeah. difference, especially yeah, when you're not getting as much sunlight anyway and you've got your electric motor, the ability to even if you know just tip them backwards when you're yeah. plodding along, yeah, that'll make a yeah. huge difference. Yeah, when we did our test, we actually tilted them. We were in the Bahamas and we did, it was a calm day. We're like, oh, let's just test out to see how far we can yeah. go on them, how far we can go. And it was kind of impromptu. Like, yeah. we didn't really we're like, plan what are we it, doing so. today, you know? <laughs> but let's do this. So yeah, it was interesting to see tilting. We don't normally tilt the panels when we're I'm underway. But I actually have like yeah. a little, yeah. a safety bar that locks them all in together because they're pretty loose. Like. There's nothing keeping them from swinging around when we're at anchor, so we we have to like kind of tie them down, just the way that it's yeah. it's designed. They're still there, and but, we've been in some powerful winds. So. Yeah, doubters and haters, yeah. but it works. You know, yeah. it works for us. What type of uh, motor did you go for? Because I know, like um, sailing Goomer, they did like a fork, uh, forklift motor, or a truck yeah. motor, or something like that. Did you go for something similar, or is it a bit uh, specific for the sailboats? Yeah, it was specific. It, it was actually a kit from uh, yeah. Thunderstruck, and, and they mm. they typically sell kits for like EV bikes, that sort of thing. But they did have a kit for sailboats. It's a little, it's undersized for our boat, but during the time, I was like, ah, we're only going to use it to get in and out of anchorages. <laughs> go to the Bahamas and back, obviously. Right. <laughs> Which I didn't know that. That's how you thought. So you know, I went. I went a little on the cheap end and got the smaller one, but in hindsight, I wish I would have stepped it up and I wish I would have got the, um, the liquid cooled one. This right. one's air cooled. We have a very wet bilge. Mm. Like we always have water in it and this, the salty air gets to the encoder and it can right. dry it out. So we've had that issue. Oh yeah. You changed that one. So I think I remember. Yeah, we'll actually, actually do something like that. I just changed it a couple once, of times. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But right. outside of that, yeah, it's just a, it's a um, brushless DC motor. It sounds like one of you was planning to go to the Bahamas and the other one was planning the rest of your life on a boat. So how did, how did you budget for this when you had two completely different life plans? So, no, yeah. that's, that's pretty funny. We, yeah. <laughs> we have we had we were running a um a keto business online which it's just a mm. ketones drinks whatever so we always thought i mean we had we had filmed for youtube we were starting our youtube channel and not that we ever banked on youtube or anything at all but we were like it's a minimalist lifestyle how much more could we actually go you know without it so we were running the that and then once our YouTube grew a little bit more to where it was sustainable. We dropped the keto as as much as we needed to, um, and that kind of sustained us for a while until 
boatyard stuff happens until we get a crack in the boat until yeah. we have to haul out that's when we started kind of gathering a little bit more and before we left we we made a lot of per like last minute purchases we're like you know just that don't know if we need it but we might as well get it now because we don't know if we could ever get it again not yeah. knowing what we were getting ourselves into yeah. so yeah we um we kind of went into a little bit of debt because of that so you know it's just been it's kind of been one of those balancing games of work and and play and sailing and the lifestyle but i think we've always yeah. had this ethos of if it doesn't, I think a lot, a, a lot of people that we have spoke to before, or maybe it's something in my head of, they don't leave because they're so afraid. Like, what if we don't make money while we're out there or whatever? I'm like, money well, runs out. Or money runs out. I'm like, just you go, go back. back and you work. Like, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Or there's, there's actually there's a so lot of. There's so many online and remote and things like that. So we just got, Bo got this amazing opportunity to come back here and work with a couple of guys on some yachts. I mean, we're in the USVIs. It's not like we're. Yeah, we're still in the the We're tropics, still in the, you know? still in the guys, guys, yeah. you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It gives us time to kind of settle a little bit, do some more work on the boat, go home and see family. Like it's it's a good change. I was kicking and screaming on doing it, but we'll be able to save a little bit more, carry on a little bit more, build more business, and. And talking, and you probably know this from talking all. To the other YouTubers, um, YouTube's a lot of work. Yeah. Like we put in well yeah. over 40 hours. People think we're out here on vacation. Not the case. We are mm. working. We are working harder now than we've ever worked. And we've owned businesses and we work nine to fives. So it's not easy being. So if out you're here. listening to this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take that into consideration. And it's so mm. fickle. You know, you're working for a a employer that is just well with the wick of a flaunt uh, a wand it can be something it, different it's yeah. so subjective yeah. like there there is no steady paycheck mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it, we were kind of talking about it the other day it's like recently it was like we're, we're kind of saying like man it just seems like recently the the more we put into it the less we're getting out you know so we're like all right what are we doing here but you know for us for youtube it's like yes it is an income and we are so excited that we actually have people who are out here watching us it's and and when you get frustrated with it the one thing that brings us back to check reality is you i mean it's so funny once we we kind of get to that level of like a little bit of frustration we'll get this message from somebody who's like you guys have changed my life or like, and you're like, what? Like, me? Yeah. like I'm just out here trying to survive and, and really enjoy what we have and what we've built in that, you know, especially through COVID, like people are saying, you know, oh man, you guys really got us through COVID and, or you've inspired us to do this or that. And I'm just like, it's nice. It, it, yeah. It, that's it really, what really makes it to that be honest. Definitely yeah. Helps. yeah. Yeah. Keep us so, yeah, yeah. It's good for memories that, yeah. as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, like the community sure. that builds around it is fantastic. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 We wouldn't we wouldn't have had the experiences that we've had mm -hmm. if we didn't have the channel because yeah. people mm -hmm. reach out to us and they're like, Hey, let me show you my home country, yeah. you know, or my hometown. Yeah. And we have so many friends from yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. You meet really so is. many great people. Yeah. 
it is, yeah. it is a special part of it for sure. Yeah. I just it just shows how nice like I mean it's so easy to be cynical because like whenever you turn on the news it's just like you know the world is on fire and everyone's hating each other but like when when you get away from that silliness and like the examples you were just talking about um people are still generally quite nice you know yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, people yeah. are still genuinely pretty helpful and and it yeah. might be the case that may, you know it's difficult to go out of your way and find people who are living on boats when when you don't or even if you do because you know when you arrive in Anchorage you don't just like announce I'm here and I'm 39 <laughs> from Wisconsin and who wants to talk you know like just to doesn't work like that we have it. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah in case there's any out there um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like when you put yourself out there and people are then, oh yeah, let's let's have a chat with them. It, you know, it can really start some new friendships, which is yeah. Yeah, pretty great, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. been and it's funny because people are like, oh, but we know you guys. It's weird. We know everything about you, but you don't know us. And it's just like, but that's the cool thing. You've already vetted us. We don't have to wait. Be like, <laughs> you know, like, I, <laughs> you know. The worst thing we kind of really have to go through is, are we? Are we? Are we like we are on on oh, right. YouTube? Yeah. Or, yeah, you like, know, is this what do, you expected? Do, we do a good job <laughs> yeah. of portraying reality, you know, yeah. with our personalities. Yeah. I, I actually personally am more of a, a B type, like quiet, like I'm not very outgoing. But on camera, you know, if I'm like that on camera, then it's gonna be so boring to watch, yeah. you know. So I kind of have to mm. like step it up a bit. So, you know, it's I think you can serve your energy on a normal basis, but when you're on camera, it's your energy yeah. comes out a little more. Yeah. Just you being know, efficient, like, that's all. You're an efficient guy. <laughs> yes. He like yeah. has an ecosystem or eco mode. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Going to sleep mode. <laughs> nice. Anyone who's like, yeah, I'm pretty chilled. And, oh, no, you're an efficient person. That's fine. Yeah, Conserving like that. the energy well. Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's like I was I was having a chat with some of the guys last week as well, and they were talking about the, um, you know, when when you meet new people, you, you do have to like be a bit careful about what you say on certain things, or let's not get onto this because you want to make everybody wants to make friends naturally. Yeah. You don't enter a room and like God, I I want to hate everybody. You know, you want to find a nice person <laughs> who you can have a chat with. And yeah. yeah, from like that perspective, it's really great. You don't have to be like, oh, you know, do I need to watch myself? It's like, well, they, they clearly like me already because they know right, I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. The cool, I think that's the cool thing. But I'm like that. But that makes it even better because we know that we've got something in common. If you're watching us, you you feel connected in some. There's got to be a commonality that we're going to be able to spark a, spark a conversation. And that's literally been the. I mean, every single time we've met somebody, it's been exactly that mm -hmm. so that's it's been a really I, I i mean i think for me the community that youtube has brought us has been way more um than any paycheck would have ever done for sure yeah, yeah. oh yeah but i think i think it would be worth that just in itself really just because mm -hmm. it just makes the experience like so much better so i mean you were talking about like your um your keto business um i've like been on and off keto for probably since I was about 14, okay. like wow. years wow. when it yeah. was, the book was by Dr. Something Atkins. I can't, but that was by, like everybody found out keto uh, through Atkins or to start right. off with anyway. Yeah. There's not many people cruising who stay on keto because that's a pretty hard diet to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's yeah. be honest. We are, we're, 
we're not as good as we used to be. I think we've gotten land. better. So in the yeah. beginning, it was hard because it's like, you don't want to say, and not to blame anybody, but you don't want to say no when people invite you over to the boat or a barbecue. And, and, and be they, picky, and be you know. Picky, you, know? you don't want to be that person because it's not like we have a dietary restriction. But that's why we liked having our, our drink too, because the whole purpose for us is to stay into ketosis for mm. mental clarity, all the benefits. Yeah, we, it's not weight we don't loss. Oh, yeah. for weight loss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But just having yeah. that clarity and it's, it is kind of an easy thing. It's just, you've got to be super prepared up front. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's a lot of buying the oils, the oils and, and the, everything yeah. when you can get them yeah. for a reasonable price and just stocking the boat. Right. Like we, we make our own mayonnaise. We use a lot of mayonnaise, like just egg and oil. And the um, fat coffees and, fat coffees yeah, yeah. so yeah. we it, you it's definitely doable if you're in the right mindset yeah. but and a lot a of yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of cruisers are on the rice rice and beans diet yeah so but it's just what they've done and what they know i think i think they could do it but they just if they kinda, wanted to yeah, yeah if they yeah. wanted to yeah. it's yeah. it just mm-hmm. takes a little adjustment you know i actually love it i love being on keto i just get to the point where after like three months i then just can't handle it something in my digestive system just starts saying no and it it, um yeah just everything stops working so then i have to like take a few months off but um yeah my my wife goes on and off it quite regularly and um i love it like we eat cheesecake every night we do it's just like fat bombs all day bacon Oh. We've got an avocado tree, so we're just eating avocados oh. constantly. Oh, so, nice. yeah, yeah. That would be a oh man, can you grow one on the boat? Uh, he, tried grow, he tried to grow up, he tried to grow a um cauliflower, and it just literally was a plant for I don't know, it never produced. Oh no, <laughs> we'll do like um, like cauliflower, cauliflower mash. mash. So yeah, we were doing like cauliflower yeah. pizza as well for a while. I think it was cauliflower pizza where the base is cauliflower. Um, yeah. And yeah, it didn't really taste like cauliflower by the time you'd finished. You could just yeah. taste like yeah. the tomato and the cheese and that was it. Right. But um, yeah. yeah, the avocado tree is amazing. Like when we've had a couple of friends who've come around and they're in keto, they're like, oh my God, you must have so much money on this tree. And it's yeah. like, yeah, because there's like hundreds of them. And they're so yeah. expensive in Europe now. You're yeah. talking like $2 for an avocado. So, um, yeah. yeah, we just give them away. Like when people come around, just these really generous avocado people. We'll send you an address. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> unripe ones. Yeah, we'll ship them over. over. Because they're expensive here too. Yeah. 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 On the islands where you've been cruising around, do you ever have the opportunity to like go hunting for your own type of fruits or vegetables? Is that a thing or is it not remote enough for that? It depends on the island. Um, A lot of fruit trees and that sort are on private property. So you're kind of, you know, if if maybe you're walking down a, a street and the trees hanging over yeah. and you can kind of grab at it then it seems to be a little more fair game but i think mm-hmm. it's so weird too i feel like so grenada you know it was a hurricane hole some of these islands are hurricane holes it, it seems like when we're in the hurricane hole the season is more north you know what i mean like the mangoes are growing more north in like may and i'm like oh, i'm in grenada or whatever 
or like April, I think. Yeah, that's true. When did we leave Stacia? And that's when the tree was just starting. They were saying April, May. And I'm like, I'm not going to be in Stacia or St. Eustatius for hurricane season. So mm. it seems to be those more, more fruit opportunity than vegetables. Like it, you wouldn't really find like even coconuts, right? Like definitely the Bahamas. Nowhere, unless it's a resort, you're not finding coconut trees. Even in the Bahamas, though, unless it's like an um, old resort, yeah, that was abandoned, or somebody randomly plants coconut trees somewhere, they're not natural Mm -mm. um, plants there. They they were imported, so we were kind of disappointed that we weren't going to be eating coconut all the time. You know, so however, there was one anchorage in. Bahamas, Lee Stocking, which is an old like um, research research center, like a marine research center. And they planted a ton of coconut trees and it's now dilapidated. There's no, there's no business there. Um, We left with like 45 of them in our cockpit. Oh, no no way. Oh, so you stocked up big time. Oh yeah. We had coconuts (laughs) up until we hit Haiti, didn't we? Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) He comes back with all these coconuts. I'm like, where are you putting these? And he's like, in the cockpit. I'm like, in the locker. And I'm like, oh my. We have huge locker space. So we just threw them all in there. (laughs) Did you like get the oil out of those? Yeah. Yeah. We could. It's a little bit more difficult, but we did make coconut milk, oil, uh, oil, some oil. Um, I don't think we ground it for flour, did we? No, we didn't. We were trying to do Oh, yeah, we did. So when you make the oil, you're basically heating it up and straining it. Well, I guess that was the milk. Yeah. So to make the oil, you got to make the milk and then you make the oil and you kind of like separate it. Yeah. Uh, But in that process, you have um, byproduct, uh, which is the the fiber. The fiber. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. So we made flour out of it. Yeah. It wasn't wow. as nice as you know the bleach stuff that you yeah, buy, but yeah. it was it was pretty decent. Yeah. It was it was harder to work with, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. instead, Bo bought twenty five pounds of coconut flour when we hit the USBI last time. We still have some. <laughs> we still have some. <laughs> After like, kidding it away, yeah. Thank goodness yeah. we had a friend who let us like vacuum seal it. So we, I mean, it's it's gonna last us a lifetime. Twenty five pounds. I'm like, why? He's it's better a better deal i'm a bargain shopper I, yeah I'm, i love it's a bargain book as well kind of, yeah. yeah i enjoy it <laughs> so you guys do like quite a lot of um helping out i don't know like the local wildlife or and I, I know it's like most specifically for dogs and stuff which yeah. is um which is really really nice it's yeah. and yeah. have you decided on setting something up officially for that you know, actually, yes, because I mean, literally I kept a tracker, any money that anyone donated went straight mm. to, we vaccinated or we, um, we neutered three of the boy dogs, um, and got medication for all of the dogs in the boatyard. So that was a really like, and in cures, like the money, us money will go a long way. And I mean, I think that just bringing more knowledge and if we can use our channel for that, that's great to bring more knowledge of spaying and neutering is important because it, that just like getting dogs adopted is one thing, but stopping the population growth is a whole, yeah. a whole nother 
football game. It has yeah. a huge yeah. impact on the island's environmental, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Which, like, dealing with a problem now is one thing, but, I mean, dogs breed like hell. So if, you, if you've got a dog problem now, try, like, quadrupling it in, like, 10 years, yeah. and then, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah. a serious issue at that point. Every single island we've ever gone to is pretty much they're at max capacity of their of their kennels. And it's just like the some of the islanders, um, and, and it's just dogs are just there. I mean, they're just roaming the street. And Curacao was actually a little bit different because there were like the Dutch um, really, I think, I mean, do care. And there was people who would drop food off in different areas for the dogs. But it's nice. like that that's amazing. However, it's not stopping the problem of the of the population. I love seeing that. I love not having, you know, little poor starving dogs everywhere. But I mean, there's, there's people who have like 15 dogs in their house because they're fostering and they just don't, there's no room in the, the uh, shelters. So, yeah. It's an easy trap to fall into. I've, I've been there. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I told, I, yeah. I was speaking to a guy here on Island on how to get um, Benji back to the States to the person that who's trying to adopt him. Mm. And he's like, yeah, I've, you found the old, you found the old crazy guy on the rock that has 15 dogs. And I'm like, oh, that's so amazing. I'm like, if I said, if I lived here, we'd probably be in competition. So my, my wife's uh, sister, she has, I think, close to a hundred cats. How they, does she do that? Wow. Okay. So they, they moved into a bigger place just to accommodate the cats. Um, wow. I yeah so but she uh, she gets them off the street she gets them chipped she gets them you know neutered or spayed or whatever and then she finds homes for them and then like in quite a lot of cases she manages to find homes but uh, it's at the point now where it actually doesn't cost her any money because she gets enough donations to like pay for the food and all the neutering so um yeah i mean they're, they're running around like i think the outdoor places or something like that in the property where they live and they live a bit further out but uh, yeah, I know when I was last there, and that was four years ago, they had like about 30. And I was like, this is quite an intense living situation, like 30 <laughs> cats. And then, yeah, it's now, it's now up to like the 100 mark. I'm always just thinking in the back of my head, it's like, you know, if you need to leave, like you're literally leaving a zoo behind, you know? Yeah, you can't, true. can't true. take those. I mean, yeah. it would be so expensive. Because like when, when we brought our cats out of the Middle East, I think it was about one and a half grand per cat. Um, and that was to take them from, I mean, it would be the same if you were going from the Caribbean to the States, I'd imagine it would probably cost something like that to like get yeah. a cat or a dog back in. By the time you've like held well, them in customs the, and you have to have all the yeah. inspections in customs and stuff, it's yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, you, there's a worker, there's some work around. So, so what are the plans for like the immediate future or I suppose the plan, I'd imagine you're just going to hang out there for, quite a while now because you've got the good weather and you've got the nice times but what, what are you thinking for like the next year if there is a plan yeah uh save as much as we can pay off some debt and then fix up Sertia while we're here a little bit you know doing some, yeah. some things yeah. and then we'll I don't know we we're thinking about going we either, have two different possibilities of what we're gonna do I think okay. go back to Curacao and take that route or Bonaire because we didn't skip we didn't get to go to Bonaire which okay it's a little iffy there because they're supposedly raising the mooring ball fees to $30 from 10 so we may not do that mm-hmm. yeah um 
and then Colombia. I I really would like to do Colombia and Panama and. Although, like we, our friends just went to Colombia, and it's not really, it's not really set up for cruisers. Not like, Cartagena. Yeah, not Cartagena, it is, but, but it's... even Santa Marta. Like yeah. I guess a little bit, but like you're you're stuck in a marina. The water's not the best. You can't run your water maker. Yeah, it, yeah it's there's. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's more of like a land-based mm-hmm. country to go visit. So we we were actually talking about skipping it with the boat and maybe flying over from Panama. From Panama and like doing all the land. Yeah, and checking it out that way. Yeah. And mm. because it's it's quite expensive relative to all the other countries to check in and oh yeah, all that cuz you you end okay. up spending like 4 or 500 US, you know, in order to be in in one of these, you have to stay at the marina. So, or you're staying in Cartagena where the traffic is just insane. It's bad. The water traffic's really bad. So yeah, I mean, we've got, or we're going to do Jamaica, Jamaica route, in. but like clearly Jamaica's still closed, but that route. If just it opens up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to, to, you know, something see something different. new. Yeah. 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 So if you're but, sailing down to Panama, do you not think it could be the case that you just naturally end up going through the canal? Now we were thinking just do Panama and then go north, yeah, and the Rio, yeah, um, and then do Texas yeah. and get hauled out and tech and then cross and then get dropped in the Sea of Cortez, like on the U.S. side, because it would be less with be- because yeah, that'll be nice. Sea of Cortez is we yeah. yeah we definitely want to do that yeah so yeah. we were like oh, oh you man, beat it into it aren't you yeah it's so tough. we're like yeah, maybe we a, just it's a tough sale so we're like ah, this is your thing so maybe go for it just ship over and drop her in and then we'll yeah. just have this nice sail down to panama yeah, yeah. Uh, or costa rica and all that yeah we're, we're trying to give ourselves a bridge yeah yeah mm. One place, like I think, as, as soon as we got across to that side, like before we start traveling outwards across the Pacific, like I'd like to spend at least mm-hmm. a season there. The yeah. landscape, it just looks like nowhere else in the world, right. yeah. like you've, you've ever seen. Like, even if you go around the coast of Africa, you don't see anything like that. Yeah. Like, it's it's so, so pretty and it's so secluded as well. Like, you just get these incredible anchorages with literally no one there, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. I and- think it's like doing the Bahamas without doing the Bahamas again. Mm. And more, I've heard better. I yeah. heard it's actually almost as just as good as like Fiji and yeah. that area. More yeah. wild, mm. more more water, marine yeah. life. You yeah. know. So one one of one of two ways, either north or south. Yeah, yeah. But we'll yeah. end up in both ways at some point. I mean, that's the thing. It's just like there's so much that we want to explore that we don't want to rush through it and not get to it. If we yeah. have to stay here a little bit longer to build a kitty back up or whatever, it's fine. We can still explore here. We didn't do the British Virgin Islands when we were here last year. We, we didn't really do. We Saint didn't do John's any of or John. Any of Puerto Rico's smaller islands, the Spanish Virgin Islands. We didn't do any of those, and it's literally mm. like a three-hour sail from here. Obviously, like COVID's made all this type of stuff a lot more difficult. Would Would you have done more places over the last year and a half if it wasn't for that, or do you actually, think it would have spent the same amount of time? I think that actually COVID helped us. Um, mm. I know that sounds completely crazy. When we were in Antigua. We kind of, we had got to Antigua. I mean, outside of like the testing and how much we have to pay for the testing, you're, you're going to have to test anywhere. It doesn't matter mm. at this point where we were at. So we were in Antigua and we we're like, all right, where can we go where maybe there's no test or, cause there were some bubbles. St. Eustatius was open. Would we have, we would have never gone there ever. 
it was open. We could get over there for, for free. We didn't have to test. It was a closed port, but we were going to be allowed in. We would have never done it. And it's been honestly one of our favorite experiences of the entire cruising. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that it definitely has helped. Now there are been some spots where it's like, yeah, do it's... we want to go? Not really. It, you know, it, I don't know if COVID really has stopped us from any of the islands, it, has it? No, not yeah. really. I yeah, a few. Like... It's made it difficult. Like us also when we got when everything went down, we were in St. Martin. We didn't get to explore St. Martin so much. Not that there was a whole bunch to. And we had never planned on coming to the USBIs ever. We we're like, uh, I don't know. Well, we've gotten so bad raps here. When you're out cruising, you hear a lot of things and you yeah. go off of other cruisers' words yeah. and, you know, did go do these things and experience it for ourselves yeah. because then we can make our own judgment right. on it. Um, but with the whole COVID thing, it was kind of on and off. Like you could let it not allow you to go travel because you have to get tested and stuff. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of options yeah. and you could, we still did travel quite a bit, mm -hmm. even though we had restrictions yeah. and it cost more yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, but we got really creative. I think there was a lot of islands that we went through bubbles. Yeah. Less Way more expensive. affordable yeah. and Grenada, there's only a few anchorages and they're packed. Yeah. Especially in during that time. And you couldn't what, move around. Yeah. Everybody was quarantined. And that's what we experienced pre-COVID. Yeah. So it, it, from what we heard, it was even more packed COVID. Yeah. So with the SVGs, there's like five, six, seven islands that you can go And explore. it was just like, mm. I mean, you hate to say it, but like COVID, it really made our experiences even more heightened. I mean, we went to anchorages where you would never, ever see the Grenadines with just a couple boats. They always like, the Julian boats in there all you know charters and things like that so we got this different perspective of wow we get like all of this to ourselves so it, we were super grateful for that part that of it part I of mean it. I know there's a lot yeah, of like controversy with so it hard and to all talk that about, right? so like yeah. you know it, that is what it is we try we've tried to make it the best that we could have right. and we yeah. got it like completely bringing us down, down right mm -hmm. yes so, I think like I, in the meds, like one of the things that I was just constantly hearing of people is that they really appreciated it. And, okay, it sounds silly, but, you know, they were able to go to places in like Greece or Croatia and just have anchorages to themselves that would literally have like hundreds of charter boats. Um, and then there was, there was loads of, I was watching a documentary on like the wildlife benefits mm -hmm. of COVID, which sounds like really yeah. stupid, yeah. but yeah, yeah. like no. coral reefs, the fishing yeah. industry did like pause for quite a while and, mm -hmm. We had um, different types of sharks like coming to the entrance of the Med that, you know, never come so close to shore anymore, but because there was reduced traffic from commercial ships, they were. So it was like, it did some pretty bad things for us. But yeah, I think like the fishes actually kind of liked the lockdowns in a way. Yeah, <laughs> it right. seemed like it. I think so. Yeah, the wildlife appreciated it. Just goes to show how much impact we have on our environment. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Right. Okay. That's, that's a, that's a touchy subject. So we'll leave it there. <laughs> we can talk off, off camera for that. Yeah. Yeah. This, this one could go either way pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Everybody's well, got their own yeah. thing on it. Well, listen, thanks for your time. And I know everybody will really appreciate you sharing your story and um, yeah. yeah, good, good luck with the trip. 
and um, yeah, really good luck with all the work you're doing for uh, for the animals as well. That's uh, that's really nice. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, thanks. Thank yeah. You. and thanks for having us. Yeah. Like this has been a lot of fun. Great.